When you met Warina Wright, you were a bit of a playboy, weren't you? I wouldn't say playboy. I mean, I like I like meeting girls. I just I like meeting girls, and um, I, I noticed at one stage you boasted of sleeping with 180 different girls. Um, wasn't intended to be a boast or anything. And um, those sorts of figures, um, you know, in this day and age, I'm not sure they're really that uncommon among a lot of guys. Well, you think a lot of guys? A lot of single guys. Yeah, it's not, not really a surprising figure. What were you drinking? Um, we initially bought a six-pack from the bottle shop. Uh, we finished them and then we started drinking vodka. What sort of vodka? <clears throat> it was actually homemade vodka. Moonshine? You can call it moonshine, yeah. At five to one in the morning on that night, you hit the record button on your phone. Why did you do that? Well, the question isn't so much why did I do that, but why wouldn't you do that? Because I, obviously I used to go out um, quite a lot drinking. Um, I don't have the best memory when I, when I drink. And in this day and age, hitting record is, uh, I mean, record, recording your night out is as easy as pressing a button and leaving your phone in your pocket. Um, but what for? It's, it's more of a just-in-case thing because you're better off having something and not needing it than needing something and not having it. And Just in case what? Just in case, well, you know, the thing that happened on the 8th of August 2014 is a perfect example. Let's go back to that night and have a listen to how the events unfolded. You happy to do that? Yeah. Okay. Come here. Have a good, have a good night. I'm, I'm close. Don't close the door. No, no, no. Do you want me to walk you back home or? No, come on. No, don't be like that. Just, just have a good night. So everything's going okay at this stage, and you've offered. At that stage, yeah. You've offered to walk her back home. Yeah, if she was uh, going to go home, if that was what she wanted to do, I, 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 I would have been all too happy to walk her back home. So everything's going okay. Yeah, I mean, I, at that stage, I sort of, I noticed she was behaving a little bit quirky, and that's all I thought it was at first. And that's your bag, there, isn't it? Yeah, but where's all her shit? Where's m my fucking shit? There you go. No, that's Sounds like you've tackled her there. Um, I think we're just wrestling at the time. That's really uh, That's enough. That is more than enough. You've worn out, you're welcome. At that point, you've I've, decided I've, that's I've, enough. I've, I've told her, you know, you've worn out, you're welcome. And I can't, there's a point where I kind of pause for a minute and thought, what, what do I do? You know, how do I sort this out? You're like, yeah, I'm trying to get off my fucking balcony, you goddamn psycho little bitch. Just a horribly, horribly unfortunate choice of words without having any idea what, you know, would happen next. You're lucky I haven't thrown you off the balcony. Yeah, and I didn't intend that as a threat. I 
intended it as a figure of speech to say, you're lucky I've been so tolerant with you. Um, I know, but Gable, as it turned out, I, I, I know how it looks. It's absolutely, you know, it's a shocker. It, it is the worst, you know, to even mention the balcony. It's the worst choice of words one could have used. Hi guys, welcome to this week's episode of the True Crime Sisters podcast. Thank you for joining us today and we hope you're all doing well and staying safe. Before we start, I wanted to thank a few of our listeners who have signed up as Patreons. So a big thank you to Kimberly, Monica, Ali, Gianni, Millie, Stephanie, Lucy, Tanil, Grace, Erin, Amy and Siobhan. We also wanted to say happy birthday to one of our patrons, Jess. We hope you had an awesome day. Um, we really do appreciate the support, you guys. And if you were thinking of joining up, we currently have eight bonus Patreon-only episodes with another one coming out early May, and they're all available on our Patreon page. So with all that said, I'm going to pass you over to Bill to tell you about this week's case. Thanks, Harry. This week we are discussing another controversial case, which has been requested a number of times. Times have changed since people used to meet potential partners through friends or at bars and pubs. These days, one of the most popular ways to meet potential dates is on the app Tinder, or obviously other apps like that. For anyone that doesn't know, Tinder is a smartphone app that allows users to search for potential dates by location. The app suggests matches for the user, and if the user likes their match, they can swipe right or left if they are not interested. While many successful relationships have come from the app, it is also often used for hookups and one-night stands. Cyber safety expert Susan McLean spoke to the ABC about the differences between meeting people the old-fashioned way and meeting through Tinder and the potential dangers involved. On Tinder, there's no way to read your potential matches' body language or get a true sense of who they are. As most of us know, the portrayal you get of someone through social media is not always 100% accurate. McLean says, If someone was dodgy at a nightclub, you could easily walk away. But you've got to get further down the path when you've only ever engaged with them online. Tinder dates often one-on-one as well, which makes them inherently more dangerous than meeting someone when you're out with friends. People need to be aware of the dangers involved with meeting somebody that you know nothing about. And that is what happened to the victim in today's case. 26-year-old Warina Wright flew to Australia from New Zealand on the 29th of July 2014. She'd come from the North Island of New Zealand where she was living in Lower Hutt in Wellington with her younger sister. She was known to be equal parts kind and motherly as well as being a strong, opinionated woman who never backed down in an argument. She had firm values and, according to a close friend, was all about dignity, equality, fairness and what's right. She loved technology, Hello Kitty, road trips and conspiracy theories. A couple of days before she was due to fly back home, Warina decided since she was overseas, she would use Tinder to try and meet someone. This is a fairly common way to use the app. You're on holidays, you want to meet someone maybe have a holiday romance or a fling, but you don't know anyone. What better way to meet someone than Tinder? It was the 7th of August, 2014, when while using the app, she came across a man that reminded her of one of her favourite TV characters, 
Sam Winchester from the hit TV show Supernatural. She swiped right and the two began to chat. Warina's name on Tinder was Cletus and Gable Toasty liked the look of her. He said to her, you look delicious. I want to do dirty things to you. The pair swapped numbers and decided to meet up. They met near Gable Tosti's home at the Avalon apartment block at approximately 8.45pm that night. They can be seen on CCTV footage hugging awkwardly before making a stop at the bottle shop. Warina chose a six-pack of Tui's Extra Dry from the BWS store and Gable Tosti paid for it. The pair made their way back to Tosti's apartment where he lived on the 14th floor. He would often impress his dates with the great view. While in the apartment, the pair took some selfies, drank the beer they had bought from BWS, as well as some of Tosti's spirits, and then they had sex. At approximately 12.56am, Gable Tosti began recording audio of the night. The recording was named Session 24 and went for approximately 3 hours and 19 minutes. At one stage during the recording, Tosti can be heard telling Warina that if someone were to fall from his balcony, it would mean certain death. As the night went on, the pair became more drunk and the conversation recorded became more and more nonsensical. As Warina became more intoxicated, she began to grow aggressive towards Tosti. As a beer drinker, Warina declares at one point that she is psycho drunk, presumably because of the spirits that she's drinking. This declaration does not stop Tosti from pouring her more drinks. At 1.29am, Tosti can be heard on the recording saying to Warina, I don't like getting beaten up. I should never have given you so much to drink. I thought we were going to have fun. It appears that things are becoming tense between the pair at this stage. At 1.35am, Warina becomes angry at Tosti and accuses him of taking her phone, stating, Are you going to Muay Thai me? Because I will fucking destroy your jaw. At 2.11am in the audio, rocks can be heard being thrown around the apartment by Warina as she calls Tosti Sam Winchester. After suggesting that he become her sex slave, Tosti says to Warina, This is fucking bullshit. You are lucky I haven't chucked you off my balcony, you goddamn psycho little bitch. You have worn out your welcome. You're not my kind of girl. His tone is menacing. Tosti then says to Warina, you're not going to collect any belongings or anything. You're just going to walk out, and I'm going to slam the door on you. You understand? If you try to pull anything, I'll knock you the fuck out. Minutes later, another fight appears to break out between the two, with a choking, gurgling sound coming from a Warina. Warina apologises in a fearful tone. She can then be heard screaming no, over and over, in a manner that had been described as guttural and absolutely panicked. Gable Tosti is a big guy. He was approximately 188 centimetres tall and well-built, so the petite Warina was absolutely no match for him. At 2.19am, she can be heard saying no a total of 31 times in the 41 seconds it takes him to get her out onto the balcony. She is screaming like her life depends on it, and as it turns out, her life did depend on it. Tosti then says to Warina... Shut your fucking mouth. This is all on recording, you know. The recording then captures the balcony door being closed, and that's why Warina's pleas become more muffled. 
Tosti can be heard taking short breaths as Warina continues to scream from behind the glass. At this point, Warina attempts to lower herself over the side of the balcony to the apartment below and can be heard screaming as she slips and falls. Sadly, Warina does not survive the fall and she passes away. While at this stage, most reasonable people in Tosti's position would call the police and report the fall, this was not what Tosti did. He tried to make a call to his lawyer, but being very early in the morning, his lawyer didn't answer. CCTV footage captures Tosti making his way down the elevator and out the back entrance of the apartment block while emergency services attend to Warina. Tosti walked to a local pizza place and bought himself a slice of pizza before making a call to his father. I might have a bit of a situation. He told his dad his version of events from the night, stating that he had been drinking with Warina when she became violent. He told his dad that he had forced her out onto the balcony and that he believed she had then jumped off. He said to his father, Dad, this isn't my fault. I didn't do this. I was giving her my alcohol, but she was really violent. And, um, I, like, tackled her to the floor inside the building, but I never forced her over the balcony. Within hours, the media had caught wind of Aurina's death. But it wasn't until the next afternoon that Gable Tosti arrived at Surfers Paradise Police Station accompanied by his lawyer. Tosti decided to maintain his right to silence, but did agree to participate in forensic testing. Warina was formally identified by family who had flown in from New Zealand, and within days the audio Tosti recorded was seized. Despite probably being told by his lawyer not to speak about what had happened, he spoke on his favourite internet forum, bodybuilding.com. He said, I have been advised not to go into details, but all I will say is that I absolutely did not cause the girl to fall and I'm, I am devastated about what happened to her. Meanwhile, Warina's family were trying to come to terms with what had happened to their beloved family member. In particular, Warina had been close to her younger sister, Marisa, who knew her as Ree. Marisa addressed the media with tears streaking her face as she struggled to get her words out. Ree was the most important person in my world. Most of the time, we only had each other to rely on. She was a very beautiful, cheerful and intelligent person who was not only my sister, but she was my best friend. She urged anyone who had seen Warina that night or had information about how she had fallen from the balcony to come forward. Soon after Marisa addressed the media, Gable Tosti was taken into custody and charged with the murder of Warina Wright. Detectives had analysed the audio that they'd seized from Tosti and thought that it was likely that Warina had feared for her life on the balcony so much that she had felt climbing to the apartment below was her only option. The fall had been devastating to Warina's petite frame and had caused approximately 80 injuries. There was no visible signs of choking or strangulation, although this doesn't mean that this didn't take place. There are methods of choking that do not cause internal or visible damage, for example, holding an arm across someone's neck and constricting their airways. Gable Tosti was a self-described loner, very intelligent, but equally socially awkward. He didn't have a lot of friends in his life, and as a result of this, as many do, he turned to the internet to make friends. 
Tosti had lost a lot of friends years before when he was caught up in a fake ID scandal on the Gold Coast. He and a bunch of his associates began making fake IDs for underage schoolies who came to the Gold Coast to party. For those that don't live in Australia, schoolies is what we call the period after teenagers finish their final year of high school exams. Most teens will go in groups to drink and celebrate, and the Gold Coast is a popular destination for this. Prior to being busted by the police, the fake ID business made Tosti and Co. approximately $30,000. Tosti faced court, for that matter, where he was evaluated by a psychiatrist named Ian Curtis. Curtis assessed him as being ill-equipped to deal with people socially. He was described as ASD, which is Autism Spectrum Disorder, Asperger's type, and with difficulties with empathy and a severe case of obsessive compulsive disorder. He was also described as socially distant, emotionally estranged, impossible to establish rapport with, and also partially disabled. So that gives us some insight into how Tosti might be perceived by others. After the fake ID scandal, Tosti isolated himself from any friends he had and became even more secluded. In another incident, an extremely intoxicated Gable Tosti got into a fight with police after he got a lift with a tuk-tuk driver but refused to pay. On January 4th, 2010, four years before he met Warina, he turned to his fellow forum members on bodybuilding.com and made a declaration. Recently I have decided that enough is enough and I need to start socialising properly again and build up a network of friends. There are a few things that feel better than connecting with other people and I have had virtually none of that for half a decade. Just for the record, bodybuilding.com, as the name suggests, is a place where mostly men talk about tips for bodybuilding as well as a range of other topics, including dating. Tosti continued to tell his forum buddies about his less than satisfying social life. I would like to start a Facebook, but I'm not sure where to begin, and I don't know many people closely nowadays, and I'm not sure how it all works. Should I simply try to contact anyone I ever knew and see how it goes? Any help or experience from anyone who has been in a similar situation would be really appreciated. Two years later, Tosti's life was very different. He was no longer the meek young man asking for advice, but was very outgoing and would often brag about his escapades. He told his friends on the forum that he'd slept with 100 women and that he spent a lot of time in the Gold Coast club scene, binge drinking, even going out by himself. He told his forum buddies, I feel amazing after rooting a hot girl. It's a huge confidence boost. One of the main reasons I try to sleep with different girls as often as possible is to improve my own confidence. I had a lot of difficulty keeping friends as a kid and was never very popular. That's a long time ago, but the feeling still lingers. He also told the forum about how not only would he keep a written log of the dates and names of women he had sex with, but that he would also record them. He said, quote, I'm somewhat obsessed with recording everything. I have motion detection cameras in my house, call recording on my phone, and sometimes even leave my phone on record for nights out in case I forget what happens. He would also post pictures of some of the women that he had had sex with in the forums, as well as screenshots of the conversations he had had with them on Tinder. 
He nicknames the women he sleeps with Sloots. Tosti was not as popular as he believed he was, and people in the Gold Coast club scene were quite uncomfortable in his presence. He had been banned from a number of venues due to his treatment of staff, as well as the way he would creep out women at the clubs. As well as this, in February 2014, one of the women he went on a date with accused him of inappropriately groping her on their date. He would later say to his foreign buddies, what kind of stupid sloot meets up with a guy, goes into his bedroom and then has no intention of doing anything. So after Warina was identified and Tosti was identified as the potential suspect, he was taken back into custody and charged with her murder. Detectives had listened to the audio that Tosti had recorded and they were convinced that he had acted in a way that had made Warina so scared she would have done anything to get off that balcony and away from him. Soon after he was taken into custody, he was released on bail. As a result, he was ordered to attend counselling sessions and he was banned from using any dating apps, including Tinder. He stayed with his parents at their home and kept a low profile to avoid the media storm that was growing around him. Soon after this, the audio from the night Warina died was leaked to the public when it was shared through a Canadian file-sharing website. The police had no idea who had been responsible for leaking the audio and when questioned, Tosti's lawyer declined to make a comment on the matter. At Gable Tosti's committal hearing, both the defence and prosecution settled on the fact that they were happy to go to trial over the matter, and the case was set to proceed in the Supreme Court in October 2016. Tosti also had another charge pending against him from just days before he met Warina. On the 27th of July 2014, after attending a music festival, Tosti led police on a high-speed car chase across the New South Wales-slash-Queensland border. When police were finally able to stop him, they found that he was four times the legal drink-driving limit. When the time came for Tosti to enter a plea in his murder charge, he pled not guilty. A jury of six men and six women was summoned and the trial began. There was a huge media presence surrounding this case due to its controversial nature. The jury heard the audio tape of the interaction between Tosti and Warina from the night of her death, as well as hearing from prosecution witnesses who were there that night. Nick Casey was visiting his friend Emily Alice two floors below Tosti's apartment when they heard yelling and screaming coming from an apartment above. They ran out to the balcony and looked up to see Warina on the outside ledge of the balcony, screaming that she wanted to go home. Nick yelled to her that she needed to go back in. At this point, she tried to twist around and lower herself down onto the balcony below. She lowered her leg down before returning to a standing position and then slipped from the edge. He could recall how her face looked as she fell. Her eyes were wide and filled with fear. He remembered that she made a noise and then fell to the ground. The prosecution was in agreement with the police that Warina had been forced out of fear to try and escape. Crown Prosecutor Glenn Cash QC stated, Why was she climbing down at all? Fear of the defendant? Fear of Gable Tosti? Fear of what he would do to her if he let her back inside? 
They believed that Warina must have felt as though her only reasonable and rational option, given the circumstance she found herself in, was to climb off the balcony. Glenn Cash emphasised that she was in a state of terror, bordering on hysteria, on the balcony, and had likely just been attacked and possibly strangled by Tosti, based on the sounds heard on the audio. Her options were either to go back into the apartment with a man who had just assaulted her, or to climb over the balcony to try and get down. As a result of this fact, the Crown believed that Tosti may as well have pushed her. The defence did not agree. They believed that Tosti was actually trying to defuse the situation by putting Warina out onto the balcony and locking the door. They argued that he should not be to blame for, making, for her making the choice to climb down. Tosti's defence lawyer, Barrister Saul Holt, stated, There would have to be someone chasing you with a knife for Warina's response to be considered reasonable or appropriate. She just climbed off into the darkness and lowered herself down. They implied that her actions were not proportionate to the situation and therefore she was responsible for her own actions. Holt also stated, Just because someone is dead does not in itself mean that someone is criminally responsible for that death. The defence did not call any witnesses to speak, including Tosti. When both sides had argued their point and it was time for deliberation, Judge Justice John Byrne addressed the jury. He told them that they needed to take several factors into account in regards to finding Tosti guilty of murder or manslaughter. He asked them to consider whether Tosti's actions in restraining Rowena and locking her on the balcony would have put her in a position where she feared for her life. In Queensland, a murder is defined as one person killing another in circumstances that do not lawfully permit the killing. This can also occur through an act or omission. It must be proven that the death was caused directly or indirectly by the accused. For a murder charge to be implemented, there also has to be proof of an intent to kill the victim or cause them grievous bodily harm. In the case that intent cannot be proven, manslaughter can be a better fit. In Queensland, manslaughter is described as a death that is the result of an unlawful and dangerous act, carrying with it the risk of serious injury or criminal negligence. So the jury in this case had a lot to take into consideration, as it was by no means a clear-cut case. There was a case that took place in November 1986 that was comparable to this case and was brought up during the trial, and that was the case of Royal versus the Queen. Callie Louise Healy fell from a six-storey apartment window after a violent altercation with her partner, Kim William Royal. There was evidence of a struggle in the apartment, including clumps of hair, blood splatter, gouges in the wall and a chipped ashtray. The question was, did Callie choose to jump to escape her attacker or was she pushed by Kim Royal? Like in Warina's case, the Crown believed that she did probably jump, but that Royal was responsible because Callie was so scared of him that it felt like jumping was her only option to escape. They argued that a reasonable person in Royal's position would have been able to predict that these events would unfold. In Kelly's case, the jury agreed with this and Royal was found guilty. In Warina's case, the verdict of the jury would have to be unanimous for murder. After six hours of deliberation, after seeking clarification on a number of issues, 
the jury stated that they didn't feel like they could agree on a verdict. Justice Byrne implored them to go back and keep trying to come to a decision. After another three days, the jury reached a verdict that would shock many people who were invested in the case. They found Gable Tosti not guilty. While Tosti's mother Helene cried out with happiness and joy, Warina's mother, Merzabeth, was devastated, crying and dabbing her face with a tissue. Tosti was found not guilty of both murder and manslaughter, and the decision was unanimous. After he was found not guilty, Tosti had to face the media and the public, many of who did not agree with the verdict. Tosti's face displayed little emotion as his lawyer spoke on his behalf. Mr Tosti is very happy with the result. He is relieved that this matter is now behind him and he's looking forward to moving on with his life. At the same time, a spokesperson for Warina's family spoke to the media, stating, This has been an incredibly traumatic situation for everyone involved in this case, let alone the families that have been impacted by this. As Tosti made his way through the crowd, members of the public began chanting the word pig at him. Sadly, in the circus that surrounded this case, many people forgot about the feisty yet warm-hearted woman that lost her life, Warina. She made a choice, like many young women do, to take a chance and meet someone for what she probably hoped would be a fun night. For all our listeners, we want to urge you to be safe when meeting potential partners. Don't meet up with someone you don't know completely alone or somewhere unfamiliar. Our thoughts go out to Warina's family and friends. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the True Crime Sisters. Please join us for our next episode. And until then, please stay safe.